Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 208 of Bath Flips and Maple Dips. That can't be right. Chirp, chirp. Is it 208? Sure is. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> cool. Well, it's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin in uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, yes, Justin, how have you been? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a week and a bit. A week and a bit. Another vacation for the BFMD boys. Well, we can't work on Labor Day. Well, yeah, you can't wear you can't wear white pants after Labor Day. I don't know. I kind of. How does it? What is it? It's the. Is it always after Labor Day? I don't know. The beautiful thing about 2022 is that I don't give a fuck, and Hmm. I'll wear whatever I want. I don't own white pants, but frankly, if I did, I would wear the shit out of those pants. I don't think I would because if you got even a little bit of dirt on your bum, everybody would be like, haha, you pooped. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And I, you get tired of that. <laughs> but uh, we're back. Anyway, yeah. Nice little break for our, uh, for us. Uh, we did watch baseball the whole time. But, uh, yeah. you know, we, we, we deserve a break. It's a long season. And doing two episodes a week is a lot. So it's kind of the, uh, the unofficial end to summer. Yeah. Labor Day, so I don't know about you, <clears> but I... My family came in for a visit, my parents and my sister. So we did some family stuff with Taryn and I and did an escape room, uh, which we crushed, by the way. Uh, they, they actually, one of the clues they had in the escape room was actually set up incorrectly. So And we pointed that out to them. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, wow. it was, it was bad. Um, big timed the escape room. Yeah, we're big time escape roomers. And then we did like a little picnic in the park by the river here in the city. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Played some hey. board games, went mm-hmm. and did a, a gin tasting at a local distillery. A gin tasting? Yeah, it was excellent. They have some different types of gin. Like different did you try flavors. Ryan Reynolds's brand? No, this, of is gin? Like, this is like a local. They actually oh, okay. like, make their own gin locally okay. here. So we tried, we went out and did that. I yeah, see. Yeah, it, it was a nice little weekend. It was a good break. Right on. I went off the grid. I didn't respond to anybody's inquiries about anything. I was just like, leave me the F alone. Yeah, fuck everybody. (laughs) Yeah, I had a great old movie night uh, with my family. We watched The Sandlot, followed by 1941 classic horror film, The Wolfman. Interesting. Starring Lon Chaney Jr., yes. So your your family's into like older movies? I, I am. You are. Uh, yeah, you I are. kind of forced them to watch it. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Universal Horror Films. I think I tweeted about it this past week uh, a little bit. Um, I just, I don't know, man. They're good. They hold up. They're they're not gory by any means. Mm-hmm. They don't really, they didn't really do that kind of stuff back in the 1930s but or 40s. But uh, yeah, I don't know. The Universal Horror Films are fun. Um, it's mostly just the the first ones like not really the sequels although bride of frankenstein slaps pretty hard um i like that shit and uh uh, i think my sister wanted to watch the sandlot so i was like all right cool let's watch a little baseball uh i'm almost done watching the first season of the reimagining of a league of their own how is Uh, it <laughs> I don't know how to answer this. Is it worth a watch? Uh, it depends on who's asking. I'm asking. I'd like to watch it, so I want to know if it's worth it or not. Are you interested in the baseball aspect of it? I mean, 
Yes and no. I, uh, a little bit, I guess. <laughs> well, there's almost no baseball in it. That's no. why. Oh, fair enough. Uh, it does not feel like a baseball. It's not a baseball show. Fair. It's a show about the women in the themselves. 1940s. Yeah. And a, a majority of the stories have to do with the uh, the main characters of the show exploring uh their sexuality uh. primarily primarily same-sex relationships uh amongst teammates or like fr- like people they meet in the city and them sort of discovering like the underground of uh sexual diversity in the 1940s it really took me by surprise um as far as like i thought it was going to be about the baseball but it really took me by surprise and it has a lot of very interesting political commentary it feels very much so though like a 2022 television show written for a 2022 audience about 2022 ideals set in the 1940s when those ideals would have been heavily suppressed within society right so it's i'm i find it very confusing because i i mean i didn't live in the 1940s so i i don't know really what what it would have been like right but at the same time it does feel i'm not really i know they're not going for historical accuracy i know that i mean the baseball is cg it's not like uh league of their own where it was actually like baseball or they may at least made it look like it. The ball is definitely CGI. Right. Like, I'd say 99.9% of the time. I'd be shocked if I was wrong about that. Um, in terms of acting, it's it's way better than the movie. Way better. Okay. The acting is really, really strong. Uh, and the... The script, like, I guess what they're working on, the writing is really, really strong. It's just, it's a very, it's very confusing. I didn't really know what they were going for, like, I, until, like, a little bit later. Like, it was, like, halfway through. The, there's only eight episodes. Mm-hmm. But by episode four, I was like, oh, that's what they're doing with this. And I'm totally, like, I was like, this is terrific. I just don't understand why A League of Their Own was what they chose to kind of uses the the backdrop right of their story i feel like it could be completely divorced from the baseball part of it and you lose very little there's only one character really that baseball is like their personality um and that those are all the best scenes in the show but um in terms of like lgbtq media I really feel like this is like one of those shows that I think should appeal to people outside of that community and their supporters. Okay. It's re- it's it's just it's baseball is like not even uh, the second thought. It really mm. it might as well not have anything to do about baseball. Which is fine. That's totally fine. Not what I expected because obviously the movie leans so hard into that. Uh, but there you have it. I give it a solid eight out of 10. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. But if you're looking for a good, 
TV show about baseball. This is it's a great it. television show that has almost nothing to do with baseball. Very little baseball in it. Yeah, it's a lot more about women exploring their independence as well as their sexuality. And if that interests you, um, there you go. I should also preface it to the show is very much, it's not, it's, I don't think there's a lot of a terrible amount of cursing in it. So like, it's pretty much TV PG. Like I would let a 13 or 14 year old watch this and it's not, there's nothing racy in it. It's not like, sure. Yeah. It's not like Oz or I don't know why I picked Oz. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's, it's not racy. It's not a racy show. So, Fair enough. There you go. You heard it here check, first. Check, yeah, check it out, or you know, um, or don't. But I know uh, the the main actor or uh, Abby Jacobson, I think is her name. I haven't seen anything else she's done, but she was an executive producer of the show, and I I don't know if she's contributed to any of the writing. What a master class in acting! She, I think she does a tremendous job. I don't think she got nominated for Diddley Squat, but she's great. She really carries the show on her back. Uh, and the ensemble cast is very interesting. And the acting is like overall very, very good. Just nobody else kind of jumps off the screen the same way that that she does. And she's the main the main character. But there right. you go. Shifting gears to actual baseball. Uh, where can the people find us, Patrick? Oh, right. If you like what we do and you want to hear more reviews of baseball movies, we should do that again in the offseason. Have <laughs> yeah, another perhaps. episode uh, where we review baseball movies. Uh, at BFND Podcast is the Twitter. Uh, go ahead and DM or tweet us your questions. Uh, we're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, find us at BFNDPodcast.com. Uh, you can find me on the IMDb forums. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. No, I don't do that. Uh, I don't even think I do ratings on that anymore. None of that shit matters. But anyway, thanks for taking the time to listen to uh, our episode. Go ahead and leave us a five stars or less review. And yeah, let's let's talk baseball, man. Man, it's been a while. The standings have changed. Big time. Uh, the Jays' fortune has really turned around. So let's just let's dive right into the standings in both the American and national league and uh let's do a brief little recap of how the jays have done so far in september and what's uh, what's to come yeah so the last time we did an episode was exactly a week ago today on september the first uh the blue jays oh. uh, at that time patrick they were still in, in, the, in the same wild card spot third spot the orioles yeah. were a game and a half back the twins were three back the white Sox were six back and the Boston Red Sox were seven and a half games back. Fast forward to today, the Blue Jays are still in the third spot. Um, I guess a week ago, too, they were two games behind both Seattle and Tampa. Yeah. Now, yeah. in the last 10 games, all three of those teams, Tampa, Seattle, and Toronto, are all eight and two. <laughs> but over the past week, the Jays have actually gained a half game on Tampa. They're a game and a half back of the first wild card spot. And are only a half game back of the Mariners for the second wild card spot. So those those three teams are all within a game and a half. It's very close there. Um, what's happened below those three teams is that everyone else has fallen back. The Red Sox have 
they're all but eliminated now. They are 10 games back. They basically need to win like 25 of their remaining, whatever, 34 games or something like that to That's have any fewer shot. Than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fewer than that. Yeah. They've got to win all. They basically have to win out almost at this point. Their their elimination number right now is 16. nine. It's oh for the division is, it's nine for the wild, wild card, card it's 16. sixteen which means uh, not good. No, it's not good for them because they have less. They have more than sixteen games remaining. So anyway, um, the White Sox and the Minnesota Twins are both seven and a half games back of the Blue Jays now for the last wild card spot. And thanks to taking three out of four against the Orioles, the Jays have now have a four and a half game lead over Baltimore. So the the three teams in the wild card spots are all very close, and everyone chasing them has fallen off a little bit, as you would expect. You'd expect the better teams to win more against the teams that are below them, and that's what's been happening. In the division, Patrick, it's still pretty. It's still not fully decided. The Yankees have a five game lead over Tampa. And a six and a half game lead over the Blue Jays. Uh, they the Yankees do play tonight. I believe the Rays are also off today. Um, yep. So the, the maximum the Jays will be behind after tonight is seven games, uh, with only three games left against the Yankees for the Blue Jays. So um, yeah, it's not impossible to catch the Yankees, but we're not really worried about that at this point. It's it's curious to me. I'm not sure how you feel, but it's it's kind of it, it's both good and bad that the wild card race is kind of spread out because it's a little bit less stressful for the Blue Jays and their fans, but it's also not as fun when the race isn't as tight. Uh, yes and no. I think it's just been a very uh, stressful, high energy season uh, in general for the Jays. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think some of that is self-inflicted by the fans uh, just expecting more of the team. Um, but at the same time, I'm okay with a boring final stretch if it means that we're definitely going to get the playoffs games. Um, a, a little lack of stress in one's life is really the ultimate end goal. I think what I find very interesting was you look at if we had the same conversation a week ago, I would have been pulling my hair out. <laughs> and now today, because of the success, uh, the whipping that we put on uh, the arse whipping that we put on uh, Pittsburgh, followed by the three out of four from Baltimore, really kind of changes the momentum in favor of the Jays. Yes, obviously. But also, if you look at it, the. Baltimore went from having an elimination number of 30 to it's been cut down to 22 in just such a short period of time. Uh, losing that series, even though they're still ahead in the season series, is a real gut punch to their chances. Yeah, and if the if the gap stays the way it is, the, the Jays and the, and the Orioles still have six more games yep. left against each other, three in Toronto this coming weekend. Um, and then they also play again in Baltimore for the final um, series of the of the of the season. Sorry, it's it's next week, and that the the series is in, in in Toronto. My apologies. Um, but yeah, so there's there's still six games left. But if the Jays can keep a lead of more than three games, three and a half or more, going into that final series, those games won't even matter. 
Yeah, Baltimore could beat us 100-0 to zero in all three of those games, and it wouldn't really make a lick of difference as far as getting into the playoffs. It would be disturbing to watch, of course, but it's not going to happen. So, yeah. Anyway, that's, uh, that's an update on the standings for the American League. It's... Can we just uh, recap just one more? There's one more component of this I find actually sure. very interesting, maybe more interesting than the wild card. It's that Minnesota and Chicago look to be pretty much out of the wild card race, although I yeah. wouldn't bury them completely. They're seven and a half back, so their elimination numbers are 20 for Minnesota, 19 for Chicago, respectively. But they are in an absolute battle. Mm-hmm. For the division lead, uh, Cleveland has gone three and seven in its last ten, uh, and while Minnesota has lost three in a row and are four and six in their last ten, and Chicago is only six and four, it seems like no team really is interested in winning the division. <laughs> uh, so they're all within a couple of games of one another, and they all have to play one another. And yeah, you know they can't all win, which means that Ed, the more that they lose, it's really going to negatively impact any chance they have of the wild card so really at this point i you know i wouldn't bury any of them for the wild card but really no, you got to be looking at winning the division or you're probably going to miss yeah the, those teams and for them i think like 85 86 wins might win that division this year yeah this point. It, it is what it is but uh, it's also worth pointing out too, though, if you're if you're a Jays fan, that the division isn't really quite out of reach for us either, because we have so many games against divisional opponents. Yeah. Uh, if we can get close near the end of the year, if we're less than three games behind the Yankees by the time we play them, that's a huge series. Yeah. That's a division title series. It's a huge series regardless, because even if you're say five or six games back, you can trim that deficit. Well, by then they'd only have one series left, I think. Their uh, second last series, yeah, or third last series is New York, and then it's Boston, and then it's Baltimore, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but I mean, still, it's it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how how it all shakes out in the in the division. Obviously, it's gone from being a like seventeen or eighteen game lead for the Yankees down to two teams within seven games of them so yeah they look very pedestrian outside of Aaron Judge I'm not there's nothing in, on that team that I'm even concerned about we've beaten up on Garrett yeah. Cole we've beaten up on Jamison Tyon we, there's nobody there that scares me even um, Luis Severino if he comes when he's ready when he yeah. comes back I'm, I'm not scared you. of him so bring it on I'm with you there uh in the National League things are still as boring as they have been for the last like, three weeks <laughs> yeah the only really race there is going to be uh between the Mets and the Braves those two teams are currently within a half game of each other uh, Atlanta has really clawed their way back where they're on a seven game streak right now or the Mets are, are five and five in their last ten so that division is getting tight uh in the wild card things really are relatively boring um <laughs> the 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 cardinals or sorry excuse me the braves the phillies and san diego are currently in the wild card spot with the brewers four games behind the phillies and the padres yeah uh, and lately they've been losing while philly and san diego are winning they're really yeah. they're just running out of uh time running out of to runway tur- turn it around yeah while st louis is now uh, 10, 10 games uh, above them. The division is out of reach. Yeah. Or pretty close to it. So Definitely. if they want to get into the playoffs, they really got to win pretty much 
Well, they absolutely have to win every series from now on, but they, the only way they can really have any hope is, is one of Philadelphia and San Diego has to self-destruct now, immediately, and yes. Milwaukee has to start winning like three, four, five games in a row before it becomes uh, a possibility. Yeah, it's, it's kind of. Uh... I feel shitty for them because they have such a good team. Somebody's got to miss. Yep. Boring. Um, looking at recent results for the Jays, they're 6-1 and one to start the month so far, Patrick. All of those games have been on the road. They you switched. love it, though. Yeah, they, they've they they've been road warriors so far uh, this season. They're, they're actually doing quite well on the road. They're 38-31 and 31 away from Rogers Center and 38-29 and 29 at home. So they've got pretty much identical records home and away, which is good when you have aspirations of being a wild card playoff team. You have to play more games on the road. Yes. Um, they've swept the Pirates, uh, and they took three of four from Baltimore. Really, the, the big excitement on the road trip so far has been when former Blue Jay Brian Baker got Teoscar Hernandez to ground to a double play and then said something to him on the way back to the dugout, and uh, teams didn't like that, and the dugout's cleared. No disciplinary action has been taken as of now and i would be shocked if anything did happen because nobody threw any punches nobody got tackled just a lot of jawing back and forth um still not really sure like what all went down or why it went down but it's just two teams battling in a playoff race i think and i think yeah who knows <laughs> i like i didn't watch like the replay a hundred times to fig- try to figure it out but it looks like a genuine misunderstanding. I think Brian Baker was probably hyped up, even though he did concede a run. He did stare into the Blue Jay dugout afterwards, which is kind of what, why people are trying to figure out what was going on. Because yeah. there's definitely something going on there. It was weird. I don't, maybe he misconstrued something that Teoscar did when he returned to the dugout. But it was... I think it was just a misunderstanding. And the, like... The, like wildly fierce hatred of a random former J reliever was is just like we it's, it's weird. almost creepy yeah it's, it's weird i don't even i'm not I, i'll just say this too like i don't even give a shit that roughneck odor is on the orioles either mm-hmm. he's just a, he's like a below average player why do we care so far below average like i don't care what he did 7 you're six or seven years ago. Like it's that's a long time ago. Yeah, I'm with you. I agree with you there. Um, but yeah, that was really the only exciting thing. Um, the starting pitching was, for the most part, great on the road trips so far. Uh, Barrios and Gosman were great. Alec Manoa was fantastic last night against Baltimore. The only real black guy was the Mitch White game where he cruised through two innings and then absolutely yeah. just lost it in the third. Somebody had posted uh, some stats about um, catchers, and Mitch White has done much better with Danny Jansen than he has done with uh, Alejandro Kirk behind the plate. And it really did seem like Kirk and uh, White went away from the the game plan of utilizing the fastball in the third inning, and they started throwing a lot of breaking and off-speed stuff, and it was not working. Uh, But the Blue Jays have since sent Mitch White down to AAA. Uh, They recalled Zach Pop. Um there is a double header coming up on Monday and in theory, Mitch white, I think could come back as a 29th man. I think, uh, I think the option rule of having to wait 15 days does not count when you're the 29th man. I could be wrong. That's how the Jays were able to bring pop back up. Of course he was the 
uh, the 29th man for or the 20 yeah 29th man I guess now it's September for the uh, doubleheader against the Orioles so he was Can able to rejoin the team a question yep why where the fuck is Matt Gage why is he not on this team um I think they just have a a dearth of relievers right now and you can only have so many pitchers okay but Julian Merriweather is on the team and Matt Gage is not yeah I think the fact that they've got two lefties with Meza and Kikuchi. I don't think a team wants to carry more than that many Casey lefties. Lawrence has gotten a call up too. Yeah, he's just he can start though. Is the thing. That's why. I mean, I think it'd be more bulk. He, than yeah, Gage. he can start a baseball game. Should he be starting in the MLB game for the Toronto Blue Jays? When you've got two double headers within a week, like the Jays do here, they okay, go to against Tampa. It makes why it not, tough. Why not just? hunt and have a bullpen day and have Matt Gage be a part of the solution. Because when you throw in a pitcher who can throw innings, you don't have to drain your bullpen as much in that game. And both teams are going to be in the same point at the same uh, um, but problem. Do you <laughs> want to start a guy whose ERA is 8? You don't really have a choice. <laughs> <sighs> who would you rather start? Yusei Kikuchi? No, I would just exactly. do a bullpen day and call yeah, up Matt Gage's twenty ninth man and just run him ragged. No, that's not that's not good for him either. Well, the the way the schedule is, it's just every team is in the same boat. It's so tough to. It's unfortunate because this is the 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 week and the next week yeah. are all the weeks where they have to do all of the uh, the crowding <laughs> reschedulings, and it's really poopy, but. No, you don't throw Yusei Kikuchi. I, I don't know. I just don't, like... Whatever. If they're going to start Casey Lawrence, whatever. Fine. Yeah, and again, we're not certain what's going to happen with that. We'll have more info when we come back yeah. after the Rangers series. Um, looking ahead to that series, Patrick, the Jays are on their way to Texas. They'll be there right now on an off day. Um, tomorrow, Friday, September the 9th, uh, 8.05 p.m. Eastern Time hour later than usual because texas is in the central time zone ross stripling the texas native and he lives in texas uh will go up against dane dunning for the rangers uh we'll, we'll preview these matchups in a second but uh after that patrick on saturday you've got the goss man up against kohi arihara who i have no idea who that is me neither but we'll find out in a second <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll take I'm excited a to find out. Um, and then on Sunday, uh, which is an afternoon game, it's TBD for the Jays right now. It's likely Jose Barrios, as he has been following Gosman in recent weeks. We'll go up against Texas's ace and the guy who's having a very good season, and lefty Martin Perez. Imagine who, if he wasn't on that team. Yeah, there was there was thought that there was talk <laughs> that he may have got traded at the deadline, but it ended up not happening. If he wasn't on the t- uh, the team. Rangers would already have a hundred losses. Yeah, and, and they they had actually they had actually gone on quite a tear and were nearly back at five hundred for a while. Yeah. Uh, but they're one and nine in their last ten games again and have just taken a nose there. Their run differential was actually positive for a bit, even though they were like five or six games under five hundred. Um, but yeah, that that was that was what happened to them. Um, yeah, and I mean we'll we'll preview the series in a second, but I mean this this is really the outside of the last series against Boston or second last series against Boston, this is the last series that the Jays have 
outside of their own division with a team who's not in a playoff race. They do play Philadelphia for two games, but the Phillies are in a playoff spot right now. So these are kind of the, the three games that the Jays should sweep but need to win at least two out of three at the at the bare minimum win the series because the games after this do not get easy and we know even though boston is fifth in the american league east they're still better than a lot of teams in our divisions like teams in the american league Central. yeah they're not going to roll over exactly so uh these are these are games that are incredibly crucial and the jays need to come into them and and really have that killer instinct like they did against pittsburgh and against baltimore so yeah this is not the same texas team that we faced uh six and seven yeah. years ago or early even earlier in, this season when the they playoffs, were pretty, or, pretty good they were yeah well. <laughs> there's just they're not very good because they're in the middle of a rebuild although as yeah. you indicated they're lefty uh, Martin Perez is, is, or Martin, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing it, uh, Perez is a terrific pitcher. Uh, he would be, uh, he, he would be, would have been a great addition to the Jays uh, had he, had he been available uh, for Trey, but he was probably uh, a King's ransom. Uh, to get yeah. They would have won like, quite a bit, I think. Like that. Yeah. Um, but looking at the, uh, the matchups. Yeah. They're pretty darn favorable. Uh, for the Jays, the first two days, the third day, Brios on the road versus uh, Perez. Depends which Brios shows up. Oof. Yeah, um, that one's going to be rough on the tummy. I yeah, and I'm looking. I'm looking at Dane Dunning on on Statcast, and he does have like a couple. He's he's has a very good chase rate, um, but okay. he he doesn't strike out a ton of guys. He walks a fair amount of people. Um, his last start was against Boston. That was four days ago. He gave up five runs on eight hits over four innings. In August, he did pitch. He had five starts, and he pitched to a 362 ERA for the month. So he had a really nice aug- nice August. Uh, he's definitely like he's he doesn't he's he's only gone more than six innings. I think like three times, three or four times all season. So he's not going to give them a ton of length. I'd say four or five innings max, if, unless he's really cruising. So the Jays are going to be able to get into the Ranger bullpen um, early on in the series if, if all goes according to plan. Um, and with a guy like uh, Kohei, I'm hoping I'm saying that right, Arihara in the game two, who just doesn't have a lot of experience, that the Jays are, are really primed to, to take advantage of a, of a Rangers team here. Yeah, his his best pitch, uh, Dane Dunning, is the changeup. It's the one mm-hmm. that gets uh, gets things going. That's his, I think, get me out pitch. Um, looking at the uh, Stackhast pitch data, he likes to leave this. A lot of his sinkers are high up in the zone. That's I don't like that. Uh, and, but I think Jay's hitters probably will like that. His slider, he tries to paint that corner a lot. Um, the changeup, he does the opposite corner. I guess yep. it would be the equivalent of inside for a batter batting on the right side. Uh, and then he's got a cutter, which he uses 11% of the time, which uh, looks like it. His it's not quite... A, well, I guess it's... <laughs> I guess you could say it's his worst pitch, but he doesn't throw it very often. Yeah. 
Uh, it's really his sinker that is, his, that's kind of his main pitch. Uh, and it's been tagged quite a bit. This year, opponents are hitting 302 on his uh, on his sinker. They're hitting 280 on his cutter changeup. They're hitting 262, and on his slider, they're hitting just 193. So I guess his best pitch really is his slider. Uh, but um, I like the changeup. I like the potential of what what can be done with this pitch arsenal. Unfortunately, for him, uh, the cutter and the sinker are just just getting rocked this year so what can you do not a ton (laughs) maybe not throw them as much but those are those are his uh two of his top three pitches yeah so or well two two of his top four pitches he does throw a four seamer and his four seamer he's only thrown three times this year (laughs) um so he doesn't really throw a four-seamer is what you're no, saying. No, it's a mid-80s fastball. That's probably why. His cutter is mid-80s. His changeup is mid-80s. His slider is 78.6, so the old Ryan Yerborough level of speed. And his sinker is 89.5, so it's much slower than Kevin Gossman's. In fact, all of his pitches are much slower than the league average. However... Uh, he appears to be the type of pitcher who likes to paint the corners. So it should be interesting to see if he can get in a good groove. Maybe he does get them five. Um, but if they tag him early and often, he might not make it out of the third inning. That, that's high risk, high reward. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the, at the game two starter, Kohi Aihara, and he doesn't have a ton of innings this year. He's only thrown 17 innings and 57 and two-thirds for his big, big career. Uh, he yeah. did start for them three times in the month of August, uh, only with a total of 15 innings in those games. So he's definitely not a guy who's going to give you any length. Uh, the only appearance he's made so far in September was two innings of relief against Boston, uh, where he gave up a, a couple of runs, one of them earned. This is a guy that I think the Rangers will be happy to get four innings out of, which feels similar to how Dane Dunning is going to be in game number one. So I'm really curious to see how they've structured their bullpen to um, really hemorrhage or the, the lack of, of innings that they're likely going to get from their starting pitching in these first two games. Yeah. So that's that's curious to me, just <clears throat> looking at these first two games here. I feel like the Jays really do have the advantage uh, when it comes to pitching because you've got Stripling, who's been very, very good all season. Yeah. And then obviously your, your, your best pitcher – overall most likely in kevin gosman the gas um, man so it's it's really curious to me like the jays could just come out and thump them or they could do what the jays have done so many times and be mediocre against bad pitching so we'll see which team shows up there can we just circle back to uh kohi uh, arihara right quick yeah there's really nothing kohei, to look at <laughs> um, he, well i mean he's pitched in triple a all year yeah Probably got called up post-deadline. Uh, his stats in uh, in AAA are, are really not that much better. In fact, they're pretty online with what he's been doing in MLB, except he's been striking out one less batter and walking one more batter. So that's not ideal uh, if you're a fan of the Texas Rangers and their success. Uh, but everything else looks to be pretty much on the line. Uh, you can enjoy uh, Arihara's 
I feel like I'm pronouncing that wrong. Arihara? Yeah, I'm not certain how it's pronounced. I apologize if it's incorrect. He's got seven pitches. Uh, however, none of them uh, are great. Uh, he's got a change-up, a sinker, a cutter, a split finger, uh, a slider, a four-seamer, and a curveball. So he's like you, Darvish, light. Yeah, we have you, Darvish, at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, everything is in the 80s, except his four-seamer can top out at 92.5. I think his sinker can crack 91. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, everything else is whatever, but there's not enough StatCast data for us to really yeah, we pick, can't. pick on him, really. Uh, based on run value, his change-up splitter and slider are all the ones that have been... have elicited the fewest runs um yeah i feel like he's gonna be a four inning guy um he's yeah there's really not enough data for us really to kind of yeah on him. let's talk about, let's talk about martin perez, perez. Yeah, i'm really excited to talk about him because i didn't know he existed uh, really, i didn't know that texas had a no, good he's, pitcher he's been around for a long time he's, he was with boston the last two seasons so we've, we've oh, maybe that's why I, I didn't recognize him. Because... We've seen him a lot, uh, but this is by far the best season of his career. Like he's a career 4.46 ERA, and he's pitching at oh. 2.82 this year. Uh, I guess overall has his, to be good. Yeah, Texas. overall in his career, he's pitched like just about 1,300 innings. Uh, wow. So he's he's been around okay. for a while. He's 31 years old. He hmm. throws 93 with his fastball. Um, so League I mean, average. It's it's yep. just right around league average. He throws a changeup. It's a sinker, by the way, his his fastball technically, that he uses the most, thirty five percent of the time. He throws it down and away primarily to right handed batters. Changeup also throws down and away as he's a lefty. Um, cutter, he kind of throws it both uh, back door to the righties as well as in on the hands. Um, That's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, the, the four seamer he runs it right inside on the hands or on the inside corner. And he'll rarely throw a curveball and a slider, which he doesn't really have a ton of stat cast innings. He's thrown less than 100 pitches for both of those. He's mostly going to be sinker, changeup, cutter, and he'll mix in that fastball every now and his then. His cutter is me is definitely his most valuable pitch. Yeah. So it's got to be, even though I like to poop on cutters all the time, when you have a good cutter, it's a really good cutter, and that is what uh yeah. Perez has. I mean you see you see Emmanuel Class A throwing hundred and one mile an hour cutters and you realize that it can be a good pitch, but uh <laughs> I would yeah. say Perez's cutter is quite good. It's gotta be because of location. He's he yep. can get the swing and the miss. I can't find oh the cha his whiff percentage on his cutter is sixteen point one, which is not the highest. He gets more whiffs off of his changeup, yeah, change as well up. as his curveball and slider, but there's less data on those, so I'm, I'm throwing that out the door. Yep. As uh, far as importance. Does a good job of limiting like super hard contact. His barrel rate is in the 93rd percentile, so don't expect a lot of uh, ripping hits against him. What I will yeah. say is that he hasn't been as good recently. He pitched to a 4.24 ERA in August. Um, including he had a, he had a couple of stinkers. He gave up seven runs to the Astros and five runs again to the Astros at the end of the month. So obviously the Astros are his kryptonite. And then he did come back though. He pitched against the Astros again in September yeah. uh, and did a pitch seven innings of one run ball. So maybe he did figure it out. So he's just coming off of a really good start where he went seven, 
only give up one run, struck out five, and walked one batter. So this guy's having a, a really good season for a team who is nowhere near the playoffs. So obviously props to him for excelling against the odds. <laughs> um, but the Jays have a ton of history against them. I was looking at, at matchups and both George Springer and Whit Merrifield have seen this guy a ton. Um, Springer in his career has 25 at bats and is hitting 320 against Par Martin Perez. Merrifield is hitting 385 and 26 at bats against him. Uh, Matt Chapman is hitting 462 and 13 career at bats. So the Jays, some of them have seen him quite a quite a few times and have had uh, re reasonably good success against Martin Perez. So something to keep an eye on. Yeah, expect a very robust dose of. Uh, cutters all afternoon from Perez, uh, especially to the right-handed batters yeah. and especially on the outside. There's going to be some unfavorable uh, calls. You're going to see it on <laughs> on your screen. You're going to see a lot of what looks like uh, outside the zone like strikes on the cutter. And as long as Jeff Nelson's not behind the plate, we'll be fine. I, well, I mean, I don't know if it's going to matter, but when you have a cutter that's that good, I think he'll get the chases and where guys get frozen up by it. I think we have the perfect storm of very frustrating at-bats for uh, a lot of those righties. We know that uh, Matt Chapman has been rung up a zillion times on shitty called strike threes yep. on the outside, as has Vladdy. He was forced to start swinging at that garbage because he was just getting called strike three over and over and over and over and over and over again. So he said, fuck that noise. I'm just going to start swinging at him. I expect to see a lot of that, and I wouldn't be surprised if Perez racks up like six, seven, eight strikeouts before he's out of the game, which is poopy to say, but when you're that good at what you do, you know, you're going to be successful, and as good as our guys are at the plate, a lot of them are cold right now, so... It feels like a perfect storm. Yeah, definitely could be. Um, <laughs> geez, yeah, it's it's uh, it's gonna be interesting, Patrick. I mean, for me, uh, Texas is always a team that we that we hate just because of the playoff series. But again, yeah, that was six and seven years ago that we last yeah. played them in the playoffs. That's really the last time that they were any good, which seems like forever ago. The Jays have been really bad and are now a good baseball team again at that time period uh but i mean they've got some power on their team obviously you have marcus samin and uh cory seager can he um, turn it around did marcus samin turn it around he he did compared to where he started he's still not where he was last year oh, but he i think he pretty much leads the league in like warning track hits he seems oh. to hit a lot of balls deep but but not gone <laughs> can you imagine if he had signed with the yankees he would have like double the home runs Perhaps, yeah. Um, let's see how he's doing for this season. I'm just opening up his player page. He's saying 242. He was, which is like his his career average is 254. He's up to 21 homers and 68 RBIs, with 23 stolen bases. So I mean, that's pretty good. Still productive. Uh, it's not what he did last season, obviously, but he was one of the best second seasons by a second baseman in history last year. Um, his OPS is at 715 this year. It was 872 last year. So. A little Somebody bit of a dip. zoomed by my street there. I don't know. Yeah, if I heard that, that a little up. bit. <laughs> Holy smokes. Um, expected home runs by Park. If you look at it, uh, I'd like to make a quick correction. Uh, he would only have 15 home runs. 
uh, if every game was played at Yankee Stadium. For this yeah, season. he doesn't so. hit a lot the other way. He's a pull, no, pull hitter. No, he, he does not. What um, would he be if he was in Houston? I'm curious at the Crawford boxes. 28. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'd have 28 instead of 21. He'd have yeah. 22 if he stayed with the Jays. Uh, he tops out at 28 in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who else he was rumored to be connected with. It's only uh, 20 in Seattle, 21 back in Oakland. Yeah, so I mean, he made a he made a decent choice. I mean, obviously he got he got paid. He got his he got his paper. He's been playing better the second half of oh, the year. Oh yeah, power to him, power to him. Yeah, no, we wanted yeah. we wanted him to get paid. He deserved that after last year, and he absolutely uh, did that. But uh, any yep. any any final thoughts before we wrap things up here, Patrick? Boy, Bobuchet. Uh, yeah. You love to see it right now. Bobuchet's slash line in his last seven games is five sixteen, <laughs> five forty five OBP. So he did take a couple walks and a thousand point nine zero nine seven slug. Very sustainable sixteen hundred OPS. Um, just he's lit the world on fire. Fourteen RBIs in those seven games. Yeah, he's the reason why we're winning all these games. The rest of the exactly days have gone ice cold. Yeah, the rest and, of the team uh, is not performing very well at he's all. He's brought his batting average up about 22, 23 points in the last uh, couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's hitting 325 over his last 30 games as well. Yep. So it's not even as if the the hot stretch has just been recent. I mean, he's hitting 400 his last 15. So obviously uh, things have turned around for Bo we've been we've been pretty hard on him at times this this season and it was deservedly so at the time uh and obviously happy to see him playing well now it's the best time of the year to to peak if you're when you're going down a a playoff stretch run and obviously like you said yeah if it weren't for Bo's recent hot stretch the Jays likely wouldn't have won as many games as they are winning so we do appreciate that we did say in our last episode that all of the stat cast numbers and the data kind of showed that he was was still hitting the ball hard he just wasn't making enough contact yeah and the last seven games he's only struck out five times in 31 at bats so he's just been making a lot more contact and when you make hard contact and don't miss you're gonna have a lot of hits which is exactly what's happening so we love we love to see it yeah, with 26 games left in the season, uh, Bo has uh, 3.4 F WAR, while uh, last year he had 5.1. So he's not terribly far. The offensive numbers are obviously down, but there's still time. But his defensive value is actually uh, only slightly below what it was last year, and he's actually his defense has improved remarkably even since the start of the year. Walks are up, but K's are up. The isolated power is right on par. Uh, Babip is right on par. So it's almost like it was just a matter of time before he got hot. And we're seeing it now. And while he has, as of right now, he has uh, about 43 less runs scored and 22 fewer RBIs. uh, We're just in the first week of September. So let's see how he does the rest of the month. There's still 26 games. He'll probably play every single one of them. He could pro- he could still end up with uh, very close to 30 home runs. He had 29 last year. Um, he would only need seven to tie that mark. Mm-hmm. And at the pace he's on here in September, I think I don't think he'll be terribly far off. That's yeah, not think impossible. He'll, I don't think he'll hit five F WAR this year. But then again, who knows? 
yeah, I mean, we'll we'll take whatever we can get at this point because uh, the team needs it, and hopefully everybody else like Teoscar and Vladdy can heat back up again, and Matt Chapman because those three ex- especially have been cold yeah. recently. Obviously, Teo had a big home run the other night. Um, Kevin Biggio had a nice home run in the Baltimore series, and a couple. Yeah, of you hits. love that. Um, love to see that. Jano hit one the other day as well, so that's good to see him break out a little bit. But yeah, obviously the teams teams been playing well. They're eight and two in their last ten. There's very little to complain about outside of the fifth starter spot, which we kind of got into earlier. But I mean, once you get to the playoffs, you don't even need that spot anymore. So don't lose too much sleep over it. Four to five days, the Jays are throwing a very good pitcher to start games right now, and I mean that's what you need for the playoffs. So we're happy to see that. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap up, Patrick? Yeah, I'll just say one last thing. Just I don't want to hammer point uh, just how much the Jays have been struggling. So I want to highlight one guy who has been doing great in this last seven games. Kevin Biggio is hitting three hundred. Yep. With uh, an eight hundred slug, he's got three homers and five RBIs. I feel like he is starting to justify getting more starts over Whit Merrifield as well as Santiago Espinal. So I expect to see. Both those guys probably going to see more bench while Cabin is hot. John Schneider seems to be a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of guy. Which you love. <laughs> Which you love to see. Yeah, you go with the hot hand so, or hot bat, whatever you want to say. So I think we'll see a lot more of Cabin uh, for the rest of the week. Yep. Uh, going, or well, I guess it's just the weekend that's left. Yeah. But um, as the lone... Uh, likely the lone left-handed batter uh, who will see starts all three games. Mm-hmm. I am very interested to see how he does, especially uh, in that third game against Perez. Yeah, I, expect I think he'll see. probably be on the bench for that game. But uh, Yeah, it's, it's I don't know, maybe. But uh, the last thing I'll add, uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. obviously left the game last night. Yeah, We don't have any word on what the MRI revealed. It was a left hamstring injury. Hopefully it's just something minor and he can be back before the end of the season because with him not in the lineup, you we will see more playing time for Raimel Tapia, uh, Whit Merrifield in the outfield, Kevin Biggio obviously as well, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but also Bradley Zimmer may draw some more playing time as well, which we don't want. Uh, so hopefully Lourdes' injury isn't too bad. We'd love to see just a minimum stay on the IL if he does need to go there. And hopefully he can come back and help this team as they go into the playoffs because when he is hot, he can really help the team in many ways. But uh, that'll wrap it up for us. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Website is BFMDpodcast.com. Send in your questions to us through the website or through Twitter. You can listen to the show on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen to this episode. We'll be back for real this time, not just saying that, on Sunday after uh, after the series with Texas to preview the five games in four days with the Tampa Bay Rays. It's going to be a, a wild week of baseball between two teams who are right now separated by a game and a half. So it's going to be fun to see what happens there. But for Patrick, out in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. We'll see you next time.